So I do want to encourage everyone to tell them now. Tell them now. Uh, you never know when they're not going to be around. So just shout them out. Text them. You can do it during the service here if you'd like. Tell them, Dad, you rock. You're awesome. I love you. And, and, and tell them now and tell them why you're grateful for them and affirm them. Uh, all of us are imperfect dads trying to figure it out, um, even at our different stages of life. And so you just want to tell them and thank them to honor them on Father's Day. So if you want to stand to your feet, if you're able, we're going to read from Joshua chapter 24. A couple of verses we're going to read together, if we could read loud. This is Joshua's last words to the people of Israel, his final statements to them. We want to read beginning in verse 14, the count of three, one, two, three. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served were on the other side of the river, or the gods. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You may be seated. And Father, thank you that we're here today. Lord, thank you, and we pray for fathers here and online watching and really around our nation, that you would strengthen them, that you would uh, give them the courage and resolve to honor their calling before you as your followers. I pray your blessing over them, your protection over them. I pray, Father, for single dads that could use extra prayer and help during this season. And Father, we're so grateful for you, our perfectly heavenly Father. We know that Jesus is awesome. May you have your way in us and mold us and shape us, uh, stir us with hearts for you to be faithful and fervent and full on. And to be the kind of men that you'd have us to be. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone agreed by saying amen. And women too, but it's Father's Day. Okay, so, hey, today's message that I want to talk about is God's game plan for men. God's game plan for men. We're going to look at Joshua here, who is really one of the greatest leaders in all of the Bible, and one of the greatest leaders actually in all of history, what he did. And I'm sure he felt like a father to the people of Israel there that he was leading. He'd been with them for 40 years in the desert and been with them actually a lot longer than that. But just in case you're new to the story here in Joshua, Joshua was leading the people that were nomadic. They didn't have any kind of stationary nation, no borders to defend, nothing like that. And so they'd been wandering through the desert for 40 years, and he would lead them into the promised land. So how is it that Joshua could have such an immense impact on their lives as a leader? And how can men today have impacts on their relational circles? Well, we find Joshua at the end of his life. This is it. These are the irreducible minimum words that he wants to say to the nation. And he's given his final statement before he's going to retire, pass on, and will be in heaven. So the final words recorded here. And so one of the reasons that the message like this I think is so important, God's game plan for men, is because in society today you are well aware that manhood is being undermined in culture. As if like manhood doesn't really matter in the now. But the stats, of course, prove the, the, how essential 
that men are. And just look at the, the, the stats there, and they fly in the face of the cultural narrative minimizing the importance of men. You look at youth suicide. Youth suicide, two out of three homes where youth commit suicides in a fatherless home. It's a sad, staggering statistic. You look at runaway children, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten homes where there's runaways, there's no father in the home. You look at uh, behavioral disorders, between 8.5 8 out of 10 behavioral disorders are from fatherless homes. When you're talking about high school dropouts, 7 out of 10 are from fatherless homes. When you're talking about chemical abuse, adolescence in drug treatment rehab centers, there's 75% are from fatherless homes. Youth in prison, I used to work with Youth in prison, uh, as, a, as a young man, visit youth in prison. Every single one of them didn't have a father. I was like, it was called big brothers. I was a big brother to many of them. Eight and a half out of 10 youth in prison don't have a father. So it's a stunning statistic. It's a shocking, but it's really not surprising. And the results couldn't be any more politically incorrect than they are. But they confirm what? criminologists and teachers and educators and psychologists and Christ followers know, which is this here, that the media's mockery of a man's influence utterly is unrelated to reality, has no connection to reality whatsoever. So the message here is very important. And by the way, it's not to minimize in any way or diminish a woman's role, which is absolutely immense in terms of nurture and intimacy and care and all that, which a man could never even approach the value of of that, and we have complementary roles and all that. But this is Father's Day, and I just want to talk about it's on my heart to talk about fathers. So Joshua said this in Joshua 24, verse 15. He said, Choose for yourselves this day whom you'll serve. So Joshua then speaking to the entire nation, knowing that they have choices to make, knowing that they're no longer prisoners in Egypt, no longer slaves in Egypt where for all of their lives, all they knew was slavery, all they knew was Egypt, that that was inside them. And even though they were leaving Egypt, it was still inside them. So it says, look, you need to be honest about what you're going to choose. You need to be clear about what you're choosing and whom you're going to serve. So he knew that they needed to make a decision because they were leaving one space in life and entering into a new season of life there. So, and all of us get it, and we love that choose for yourselves. That can't, couldn't be any more American. Like, you choose. Choose for yourselves. Like, yeah, we love that. But to make a decision uh, regarding the options was before them. Just like I would submit to you that there's a choice before us. And the message applies to everyone in the room, but I'm pointing it to the men on Father's Day. To make a decision regarding the options that are before us. Because life, as you well know, right, is filled with options. Our spiritual life, our living before God, is filled with options. We have options where we went to school, who we married, what we eat, where we go on vacation, what we watch on YouTube, uh, the books that we read, our hobbies, our sports team. It's endless, our careers that we choose, our friends that we choose, how we invest our lives. All of these things, we are constantly making choices Choices today that affect your tomorrow and dictate your destiny ultimately 
by the choices that you make. So Joshua is saying to the people, choose. Make a choice today which is going to impact your tomorrow. And ultimately, friends, you know that either you choose God's way or you choose your way. Really, that's what it boils down to. Our decisions, God's way or my way. He's given us the option and the ability to make choices, but it all starts with choosing God. That's the point that he's making here. He's going to say, look, there's the gods of the Amorites and all the other ites out there. He said, but you need to decide which God you're going to serve. So that's why I love this passage. And after he says, now, therefore, fear the Lord, three times he tells him his final words, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. You know he's trying to get the point across to serve the Lord. So here's the man, Joshua, who makes a choice. In historical context, is that even though they left Egypt, he knew that Egypt had not left them. He knew that they still had the old life, the old habits, the old uh, pulls on their hearts. And he knew that Egypt was still kind of stuck within them and that they would want the blessing of God, but they would be vulnerable to, to compromising their walk with God, their lifestyle with God. And so he knew that they would want the benefits of all the promises, but they would also want to do their own thing and perhaps serve other gods than Yahweh. So Joshua was saying this. He says, look, don't let the culture, the Amorites, that's the culture, the gods of the culture he's talking about, don't let the culture that you're living in define the decisions that you make. Don't let the culture that you live, I'm telling us, don't let us by the culture that we live in, define the decisions that we make. So we're hearing relentless cultural voices coming at us in the media, on the streets there, telling us who we are, how we're to act, what we're to think, how we should feel. And he's saying, look, don't live that way. The timeless truth of Joshua, do not live that way. Joshua says, look, I've chosen Job says that my decisions will not be defined by the culture around me, but by the God within me. That's how you're to live. Not being defined by the culture, the relentless, overwhelming power of the voice of the culture. Don't live by that, but live by what the God says within you. So there would be the propensity for them to compromise like us today, like men today where we leave what God has said, and we leave what God thinks, and we allow the culture to dominate our thinking and how we're to live our lives. So Joshua says this. He says, put away, look, he says, put away the gods which your father served. He said, if you're going to live for God, there's things you have to put away. He says, look, everybody serves some God. Everyone bends the knee to some master passion. Everybody lives by some guiding principle. So every person has a God that you serve. There's no, there's no not having a God that you serve. And I'm going to unpack that in just a moment. So the way that you find out, well, what am I serving? It's very simple. You can answer this question. For me to live is, fill in the blank, that is your God. For me to live is, what do you fill the blank is? To pursue happiness that's your God. For me to live is 
to pursue success. That is your God. I lived in that kind of family, intensely pursuing success from the time I could remember. And, uh, uh, and so that's the God that we serve. We didn't serve Jesus Christ, who was always the God of success. So for me to live is pleasure, do my own thing, that is your serve. To me, to live is my intellect, that is what you serve. For me to live is what is it for you? What is that thing for you? The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Some people would say, for me to live is technology, or for me to live is my politics, or for me to live is my income, or my education, or my career. Anything that for you to live trumps God, really that's the idol, the Amorites of the current day. Anything or anyone, that kind of rules over you. So Joshua recognized that everyone, everybody serves someone. Choose for yourselves, he said, this day whom you'll serve. Who is it you're going to serve? And so I want to challenge the men and everyone in the room to ask that question, honest before God. Who am I serving? What is the, the, the guiding principle, the most important thing in my life? There are still today the gods of success, the gods of public approval, the gods of whatever you name accumulation. And what he's saying here is our God is a God of exclusivity, a God who wants to like be the all that there is no, he doesn't want to be second to anything. So you, he, he doesn't want people to, the Israelites, to be people who would say, yeah, I want God and I pray to God and I go to the temple, but then they're entertaining all these idols still at the same time and that their hearts would be divided. So let's look a little closer at Joshua's declaration before God. He makes three declarations. And I submit to you, we all, all men, all people need to make these three declarations. Number one, his final words, God's game plan for your life, watch. He makes a personal declaration. He says, as for the neighborhood, as for the society, as for the culture, as for the school, as for me. He says, as for me. You see, friends, the decision to follow God can't be made by somebody else for you. It has to be you. Can't be your uncle, can't be your wife, can't be your best friend. It must be you. As for me, this is how I roll. As for me, the decision is final, not open to debate. As for me, this is where I'm coming from. As for me, first and foremost, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. As for me, I'm not ashamed, not ashamed of the gospel. As for me, I follow his way, his word, his wisdom. As for me, this is who I am. This is my identity. I identify God word. As for me, God says, this is who you are. See, I'm clear I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Everybody else, watch friends, is saying who they follow. Why do we need to be ambiguous about who we follow? So he's saying, I'm going to set the pace. I'm going to set the example. And how important is this, friends, in a culture that is utterly spinning out in chaos, how important it is that we take a courageous position where we say, as for me, this is where I stand. I'm a follower of Christ. So Joshua then 
uh, expands the borders of his declaration. He says, as for me and my house and my tribe and my family. He says, Joshua spoke for himself, but he also spoke for his house. And I like that because in this uh, culture, especially, men were responsible for their households. And we are today, too, but it was a bit more intense in this culture. And men, this is what we also do. We take responsibility for our families. This is God's way. This is God's game plan. You take responsibility. So men, in reality, though, here's, here's the reality. A man can only speak for himself. I have three sons. As for me and my house, yes, we will serve the Lord. But the day comes when, the day comes when every member of your family decides for themselves. And they must make their own choice whom they will follow. There comes a day when you before God decide for yourself. It can't be your parents' decision. No longer can it be their faith. As for me and my house, yes, but it must be their declaration. So there is a family declaration he makes secondly. But notice what else, what else he says here. Joshua does not know what the people are going to choose, so he says this. And it seems evil, or in other words, disagreeable to you, to serve the Lord. So he wants to throw it out there, not assume everybody's going to want to serve the Lord. Though God has done just amazing things, and the natural thing would be to serve the Lord. I'm talking man in the wilderness. God provided them everything that they needed. So you would think that, but he says, you know, I don't want to assume that. And so if it seems like you don't agree with me to serve the Lord, then he says, here's what you need to know. Joshua says, like, look, if it's not in your heart, you're going to be half-hearted devotion. Or, you're going to, or you need to stop playing games here. He says, look, if it's disagreeable, let me tell you what I'm going to do. If you all disagree and no one's going to follow, this is what I am going to do. So he says, not only is it a personal decision, not only is it a family declaration, but he says, this is a culture-wide public declaration. It is a public declaration. And I would like to lean in and press in on us here that we need to make the public declaration that as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. We're not going to back down. This is who we are. So he goes public with his statement of how he's going to follow Yahweh, God. And so when we do the same thing, taking a stand for our faith. How, what does that look like? For me, this is what it looks like. It means that for all the men, I want to challenge you that this is the stand that you take, a stand with respect to your faith in Christ, that you are fearless, that you are faithful, and you are fervent. Those three things. I am faithful. I am fervent. I am fearless. I will not back down. And so today we need to decide to take a stand. Whom will you serve? Will it be yourself? Will it be the gods of pleasure? What, what will it be? For me to live is what? You need to make a decision. And what Joshua is saying is, hey, when you make that decision, it may be hard. It may be difficult. It may invite you into a tumultuous, uh, hard future there. But it's a choice that you will never regret. As when you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you will never regret that. It is a choice 
that is the right choice. So I want to encourage us to do that. And I say that because there's a culture out there that is going to push back that doesn't have a biblical frame of reference. We all know that. And so that people that don't buy into God's point of view. So we need to understand that there will be resistance when you do Joshua 24. And so I want to close with this verse, Psalm 2710, about the God will never forsake you. It says, even if my father and my mother abandon or forsake me, the Lord will hold me close. The Lord will hold me close. So you can know that because Jesus was forsaken on the cross. You will never be forsaken. Maybe you're here and you uh, grew up without a father figure in your life. Maybe you feel like you were abandoned by a father. Maybe Father's Day is, is hard for you, is difficult for you because of the kind of father that you have. Maybe your father was, was dysfunctional. That could be the case, but you just need to know that your heavenly father is perfect. Your heavenly father is not dysfunctional. Your heavenly father is immensely invested. Your heavenly father loves you with an everlasting love. Your heavenly father, if you had a wallet, would have your picture in it. That's what God is like, because you're chosen, and you're forgiven, and you're prized, and you're valued, and you're esteemed, and you're sought after, and you're searched after, and you're a loved son and a loved daughter, and that's who you are. And so Father's Day is a day also to celebrate our Heavenly Father. He is good and He is great and He is God and there is no one like Him. And it is worth it, friends, it is worth it to say yes to God and bring no requirements with your yes. Yes, so today we celebrate. Yeah, we can put our hands together. He's a great God, and I want to encourage you in that way. So let me pray with us, and then we're going to sing a worship song again. Father, thank you that there's no one like you. Father, that we are loved sons and loved daughters. Father, that you paid for us, you bought us with your own blood, that you sought us out, that you loved us, that we are prized and seen by you and chosen by you before the foundations of the world. And if you're here today on Father's Day and you really don't know that you're right with God and you know, know that you're forgiven by God and you want to be his follower today, we simply want to give you that opportunity to say yes to forgiveness, yes to being a son of God, yes to eternal life, yes to God's best. And so if that's you, it'd be my honor to pray with you. Even if there's one person in the back, if you want to raise your hand, we're not going to embarrass you, but just by raising your hand, you're saying, I want to acknowledge Jesus Christ. I want to be right with God in the back. Is there anyone else in the front? I want to acknowledge Jesus Christ. I want to be right with him. Right on. There's others on the sides. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Right on. Right on. Right on. Let's pray. There was many of you. I want you to pray in your hearts a simple prayer. And God will hear you. Father, Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on a cross for me. Thank you, Lord, that I am forgiven before you. I take you as my Savior. I want to be that person that follows you fearlessly. 
and faithfully and fervently. Be real to me. Fill me with your love and your power. And may I live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. All of you, good for your hands together. For those of you that raise your hands, right on.